listening to Ramad, Bradford Student Radio. Hi there, so my name's Sophie. I work for an organisation called The Connectives. Um, we are a social enterprise and we're working with Bradford Vision on the new prospectus for the vision of Bradford in 2030. Um, and I'll pass you over to my colleague, Liz. Hi, I'm Liz Allen. I'm also from The Connectives and it's great to be here with students at Bradford today. Thank you. Hello, my name is Aman Shazad. I'm a third year biomedical science student at the university. I'm also a student mental health ambassador uh, at the university and um, I'm going to leave in a couple of months. So just <laughs> spending the last few months doing these podcasts. Hi, um, I'm a third year biomedical sciences student. My name is Aisha. I'm also the student representation assistant at UBU. Um, I'm also going to be leaving in a couple of months. and I thought I'll use some of my time and try and help people improve the city. Fantastic. So, first of all, thank you both for taking the time out of your day-to-day -to, -day to have this conversation with us. And I'll just give you a bit of a, a background of what it is that we're trying to achieve. Um, so, we're talking with young people across Bradford. What we're trying to do is get their insights and their opinions on what they want Bradford to look like. So, what do you like about Bradford um, in... How, what year are we in now? 2023. So in, uh, in seven years' time, in your head, what would keep you in Bradford? What would Bradford look like to you if you were to say, and that you're proud, say, I'm from Bradford, I'm proud, I live here, um, and this is what I want Bradford to look like. And what we're doing with that information, we'll feed that back into business in the community and Bradford Vision. And this information will be used to guide the prospectus for yeah. the 2030 Bradford Vision. We do have a few prompt questions, but we don't want it to be question-answer. We just want a big, open discussion, and whatever comes to the table, it'll all be fantastic. So, first of all, what do you hope that the City of Culture in Bradford 2025 will do for you? Should I start? Yeah. Right. Um, I, feel, I feel like Bradford's firstly a hidden gem. I feel like a lot of people don't know about it. I've not been here, and there's a lot of negative coverage of what Bradford is you know people first think about the crime they think about anything negative they associate with Bradford but I think there's a lot more to it having lived here my whole life so I think uh, being the city of culture 2025 will bring a lot more people from different parts of the country to Bradford to see the the good that Bradford has to offer in terms of uh, the places that there are to eat the culture the culture that it entails with so many different people from different backgrounds uh, and it's just I think a lot of people tend to get together. It's a very united city, so everyone mm. tends to be as one when it comes to events or uh, anything like regarding just being together. I think it's a very unified city uh, with different people, and I think that's very, very nice, and people don't get to see that side of things in terms of media coverage. It doesn't get the best mm. coverage either, so I think it would be nice for people to see that this is Bradford where everyone's one and we're all together regardless of our differences. Mm. Yeah. Um, when it comes to hoping what the City of Culture will do for me and my family and friends, I'm hopeful that they will protect and look out for us, um, provide a safe environment for us to flourish in. Um, sadly, as you're saying, Aman, with like um, how Bradford is stigmatised um, as this like crime-ridden place, the sad truth is, is the crime rate is quite high in Bradford and it is increasing and it's becoming scarier, the amount of antisocial behaviour. I mean, if um, 
if you look at the social services uh, in Bradford, they need to have more funding, yeah. but sadly, funding's being taken. Yeah. And then on top of that, the social services are actually under a lot of scrutiny lately. I don't know if you know about the Baby Star case, but the, no. the little baby that was um, sadly murdered by her parents. Okay. After that case, um, the social services were scrutinised massively in Bradford. Yeah but there's not enough funding to yeah. provide that support, limit the amount of antisocial behaviour, get into schools as well, because the amount of crime that's going up with teenagers is ridiculous in Bradford. Mm. I personally don't feel safe walking around Bradford knowing that teenagers, especially with the amount of knife crime that's going on. Yeah. So as beautiful as Bradford is... I personally don't think it is as safe as what it was 10 years ten ago. 10 years ago, yeah. And yeah. there's so much that can be done to improve that. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that we need I to I think work it, on. it all starts off with funding, I think. That's that's yeah. something that we've been neglected of for the last, you know, like I said, for the last 10 years. We've not had that funding the same way. Different cities, like, for example, our neighbour city, Leeds, has in comparison. I think it's completely unfair. And that does yeah. help, you know, cause and drive some of these major issues in Bradford. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to add to that. I think it's like if you go back, right, to back when, like, my parents came to this country, um, the mills were really popular. People were... Bradford was making so much money because of the mills and yeah. because of the cotton, the textiles, all of it. But because everything's so fast-paced, things are moving, things are changing, Leeds is doing much better. But even when you look at Leeds, Leeds isn't doing as well as Manchester, maybe, yeah. Glasgow, London... Things are changing so fast and the people are struggling to catch up. Mm, that's where we're going definitely. wrong. I think that's, you know, as you're saying, Bradford's got a lot to celebrate and it is stigmatised across the country. And as you said, rightly so in some in some areas. And, you know, it's that investment that needs to be punched into the city, like it has in Manchester. Manchester's had a lot of investment. <laughs> For you, what would that investment look like? What would you like to see happen here? And what would you like, in, industries and services um, would you want to be invested in? I think firstly I start off with infrastructure. I think that's massive because as soon as you enter a city, the first things that you see is, is the buildings around you. And if they're buildings that look neglected, old Victorian buildings, for example, um, like I'm not saying town halls be not beautiful, it is beautiful in its own way, but I feel like there's a lot of neglect there. And if there's a sort of funding, so for example, we go to Leeds a couple of times in a month and we see the beautiful buildings, the modern new buildings, and you think to yourself, wow, a lot of money's been spent here. This is a place that I'd love to go. Mm. It just feels high-end. But when you've got buildings that are neglected <coughs> and, like, almost not looked after and there's not enough funding, into it, you can, you can clearly see that. And that's the start for something different. Uh, yeah. I think definitely um, infrastructure, the roads, um, and when, when to add to that, the maintenance of the environments that we live in so like yeah. sometimes you'll walk past and you'll find a mattress and you'll find filth and you'll find grime and it'll just be piling up yeah. and to add to that education needs massive investment and when I say that I mean kids need to be educated about why it's important to look after where you're living yeah. why it's important to tell your parents it's important to look after where you're living yeah. because it's not a child that's dragged this mattress out and just flung it on the side of the road yeah. it's definitely an adult that's gone and done that yeah. do you know yeah. what I mean? No, definitely. Um, I feel like education is very key because with education, with schools we forget that you're sending your child for 8 hours every yeah. day and these children are eating with each other you know, they're building these really crucial relationships. And you can honestly teach a child such be 
beautiful lessons. And I feel like if we put money into schools and teach them in citizenship classes, because if I, if I look back to my I don't know what yours was like, but when I was in citizenship <laughs> class, I used to sit back and relax and think, right, I've got a free period, which it isn't. <laughs> which it isn't. You could have been taught such important things. Like now looking back, I would have been, I would have liked to have been taught about taxes, mortgages, things like that. But I feel like if you look at a primary school level, in citizenship classes or is it PSHC, I believe that's what it's called? Like that, yeah. You can teach the children about how important it is to take care of where you live, how important it is to stay away from nasty people. If another child is telling you, ooh, I've got a knife or, you know, this is how to protect yourself. No, that's not how you protect yourself yeah. because that's the wrong ideology. The yeah. same mindsets that have been taught to our children now, we can rewire that. Yeah. You just need the money, the time, and that sort of one-to-one relationship with the children to teach them more. That's mm. not how you go about and things. That very nicely like links to like youth centres and stuff. I feel like there's not enough, and there's not enough. And like you said, the problem with the problem that you mentioned is like our generation of people, where it's like the youngsters who are involved in this sort of uh, crime mm. and welfare and that sort of thing, and you know, taking them off the streets and having these youth clubs and places where people can actually feel like they can go, uh, and you know. For example, I've got a mate, for example, who's, who runs a youth centre or who works at a youth centre and he tells me how there's not enough funding, there's bikes there that are all broken, yeah. there's uh, not enough like gaming areas where people are actually attracted and wanting to go and if they had them fund, that funding like from so, for social services and stuff, it would bring people there and think that it's a lot better than the alternative which is being in the streets. Yeah, yeah. and I think you'd hope on the back of city and cult- uh, the city of culture yeah. that... It does bring investment into the city to spend money on services like that. And I think you are right in terms of those are key hotspots for yeah. intervention at a young age to get people off the streets and for um, to reduce crime in mm. the area. Definitely. And so, I guess, so what is it that you think that young people in Bradford are really impassioned about at the moment that you'd like to see change? So, no, things like climate uh, change or cost of living or access to opportunities. I think cost of living is definitely a big one. I think when you ask anybody about, I think generally a lot of people from Bradford talk about conspiracies and stuff, so they (laughs) tend to be like really fascinated by conspiracies. A lot of people that I know anyway, uh, but a lot of them uh, tend to look at the cost of living crisis and Bradford being a a city that's been like you could say targeted by that cost of living crisis because (coughs) some of the places in Bradford are completely deprived. Like, the, the small houses that you feel like you can't even live in a family with in comparison to mm. other parts mm-hmm. of Bradford where they've got, like, you know, massive eight, nine bedrooms. So it's, like, the vast difference between that and, you know, it's, it's massive, it's huge. And sometimes you look at them houses and you think to yourself, how do people even live in this? Like, how do you build a family in this house? And how do you expect to be someone who's going to grow to have massive goals and ambitions when all you've seen around you is neglect whether it's from mm-hmm. your family or whether it's from the council or whether it's the neighbourhood that you live in. And everyone will end up having that same mindset, like, you know, there's, you have to... A lot of people think there's no working hard. We can't work hard anymore because look at where we've started off. We have nothing. It's, it's hard for us to reach the top levels. Yeah. So I think uh, in terms of cost of living crisis, that's a, something that a lot of people in Bradford are quite passionate about, I think. Um. What I'm about to say, I feel like you're definitely going to agree because it's your field. So what I'd say about our generation, I'm talking about people our age, what they're passionate about is mental health. Definitely mental health. And that's what makes us different to the generation before us. Not because they didn't 
well, they didn't. It's not that they didn't care. It's that they didn't have that understanding, that recognition. You know, yeah. if you sit and speak to somebody that's a lot older and you describe the symptoms, they'll be like, oh, yeah, but that's normal. Everybody yeah. feels like that. But it's not normal and we've recognised that and we're working, you know, changing those bad behaviours. Yeah. We're trying to improve ourselves. Like, with me personally, I'm trying to improve my emotional intelligence. Yeah. When I'm about to snap, I just <laughs> oh, hold it right there and I'm like, no, I, don't, I, can, I can do better than this. Yeah. And I hold it in. But that's personal work. That's dedication to yourself. 100%. And if you speak to uh, people around the age of like 18 to 20, they'll all agree. They'll say, yeah, we're trying to improve ourselves. We're trying to improve our mental health. Yeah. And a lot of the reason why they're doing it themselves is because there's not enough support. I agree. I know there's a lot of like banners, mental health, come speak about depression, speak to your GP. But you don't need to put these people on medication. You don't need to put them on tablets. You don't need to take them into an office and sit them down in private and make them sign paperwork. Mental health is, I feel like it stays with you for your whole life. Yeah. You just need to have the right skills, the right tools, yeah. the right places to go to. Mm, definitely, because definitely. if you think about it, if you're just dishing out tablets, it's expensive on the NHS, right? And these yeah. people are not just going to stop there. They're going to come back. They're going to need their doses in adjusted, increased, yeah. decreased. Yeah. It's going to take up more time. Yeah. But if you put in that education... And you put in, that's why I'm very, I'm very keen on education. I'm like, put the money in education because that's where it all starts. Yeah. If you educate your children properly, yeah. they will flourish, they will grow. But when you neglect the education, that's where things go falling apart. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Um, I think mental health, you know, young people are facing a lot at the moment. And, you know, you've got the cost of living crisis. Mm. We're coming on the back of a pandemic. We've got climate change. So mental health, I think, is a massive issue. And I think, you know, across young people and, you know, people of my generation, I'm in my 30s, and I think, you know, you need something to look forward to <laughs> for your future. You need to have that kind of, you know, the vision of something that is going to be light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. um, but you know what's interesting, I'd like to say, is, is that... I feel like mental health is significant in our generation because the generation before us had immense pressure to get into the workforce. Yeah. Like it was as soon as you're 17, you get out of school, you get a job and you start working. And I feel like the work and personal life balance was massively disrupted. And because of that, that's just trickled down and it's just tarnished the mental health of their children, their grandchildren. And I feel like slowly, slowly we need to heal whatever that was, so that children can do better for mm. themselves. Mm, definitely. I think that's a, a lot of South Asians will be able to relate yeah, to that, 100%. especially their parents who got married really young, worked really young, and they're just living off that kind of thing, like that same mindset that their parents tend to have, yeah. kind I mean, of a bit old-fashioned. That's our shared experience, but if you actually look at history yes. in this country, that is what has happened. It yeah. doesn't matter what race you are, you come here, and I feel like it, you, you, if you think about it, it goes back to like World War One, World War Two. Yeah the workforce has carried this country on its back. And that's another thing. It's very gloomy because I know elections are starting. And when you actually think about the governments and the parties that we could be voting for, like I said, it's quite bleak. You just feel like you're not heard. Are we allowed to speak about this, by the way? Are we allowed to speak about <laughs> yeah, politics? Yeah. No, yeah, because politics I've got my own opinion on politics. Yeah, because politics... I'm not going to fast that. <laughs> you know, honest to God, I feel like the politics in Bradford, you've got all these people stood in power, all these MPs, 
but I feel like, in my personal opinion, there's only one that I feel like, you know what, he's got a fighting chance. But other than that, yeah, generally, <laughs> it just feels like the people in suits that don't know who you are, don't really know your problems, you don't see them any time of the year except for when elections come, and then you have cars, like, screaming their names <laughs> for, like, a week straight. But yeah. other than that, you never see them. No, you know, everybody's 100%. got a phone, everybody's got social media. Post what you're doing, post what changes, you're improving the city. You don't see none of it. Definitely. Just the, the back of that, I've got a friend who's standing for election today. I'm not going to I'm not gonna start promoting him on here. <laughs> but he's standing for election in his area. But he's a young guy, he's 19 years old. And he's someone that wants to see a change in his area. And if you talk about the city of culture and change, I think change starts with your local MP or your local councillor. Mm. And if there's someone that's old and not educated and very... I'm not saying this is the case, but there are some that are not... They can't even speak English, for example. Now, mm. that's not someone that represents the young people uh, who it's all about, really, because that's the, the, yeah. the generation that's to come. But I mean, it's not to say that just because they're old and they don't speak English that they're inadequate. That's not what right. we're saying. Yeah. What we're saying is, is is that when you're in a position like that, you need to make the people feel heard. Yeah. How are you going to make the people feel heard if you're not of the same mindset, then it's mm. not the same generation? Definitely. You can't look into their perspective and think, you know what, yeah, I get it. I get why you're angry. Yeah. For somebody that's that like of a different generation... It's harder for them to relate. They're not going to be able to relate. That's why when younger MPs are in power, it makes people feel heard. It makes people feel recognised. Now, with that gentleman that's running, he's been posting... Muhammad Ali Islam. (laughs) He's been posting what he's been doing. And that is a massive change. Because, you you know, social media is so powerful. You can use it for good, you can use it for bad. And if you're making active change into a society and you want it to grow... Post what you're doing. Yeah, it's yeah. so simple. Uh, definitely, definitely. You know, if you want those votes, let people know this is what I'm trying to do to improve your yeah. your city. 100%. Yeah. It comes down to that see me, be me thing, isn't it? Yeah, is that, yeah. you know, you want someone with that shared lived experience that uh, that is in power and, and that not, you can look up to. It's not just that. I feel like if you're a kind person, if you have empathy, you could be from planet Pluto, but if you're a nice person... It's not planet anymore, by the way. Oh, is it not? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> what, what is yeah. it now? No, no, I just... I, 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 th- I thought it sounded nice because P and P, planet Pluto. <laughs> <laughs> Alliteration. But yeah, no, um, as I'm saying, you could be from anywhere, you know, you could be from the other end of the planet, but if you're a good person, you don't even have to speak the same language, but if you're kind and you have respect for one another... You can make it work. You can make anything work. You can grow a civilization just from that mutual understanding and respect. So somebody doesn't necessarily have to look like you. They don't have to be the same age. But I feel like... Um, that understanding between two people. Exactly. Politics has become, and it has been for many years, but it's more of a business. Yeah. yeah. It's more of a ego trip than it is serving the purpose that it should. And I feel like, sadly, this city, you see it a lot more. So, like... Broadway, for example, I don't know, you guys aren't from... Are you from Bradford? You guys aren't from Bradford, but my mum used to tell me funny stories. She used to say, I was expecting with you when they ripped up Bradford Town City Centre and said, oh, we're going to make a new market. It's going to come in about two, three years. And then she goes, and you turned 14 and they just started building it. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, do you know what I mean? And it just goes to show that the incentive's there, but... Clearly, something's going wrong. Where's the money going that should be going to the city? Yeah, yeah. you know, you can say, "Oh, he's got it. Oh, he's processing it. That check's going here. That, but you know, there's a missing screw. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody yeah. knows. Everybody can see it for what it is, but nobody's gonna speak up. Why? Because nobody's listening to the actual people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
need that person there that's going to make that change. Mm, definitely. Uh, how apt on election day that we're going to be <laughs> local councils. And so thinking into the future then, we spoke on you know, some of the issues around crime um, and around the infrastructure. So, you know, what does Bradford look like to you in 2030? What is your vision for it? Ideally or realistically? <laughs> Both. <laughs> okay. So realistically speaking, uh, I do think that 2025 City of Culture for Bradford will it'll bring a lot of investment into Bradford. That's massive for me. It'll, there'll be partnerships with people from different, uh, you know, big organisations that will want to be part of this City of Culture, part of this you know, new Bradford, you could say. That's what it'd be like, more or less a new Bradford. It won't be the same Bradford. I think that's massive. And I think... Uh, it, right now, I would, if you were to ask me what's the one thing about Bradford that stands out, I'd say the food. Because everyone from all parts of the UK come for the food. It doesn't matter where you're from, you know Bradford's got everything. From the South Asian food, it's got the Chinese food, it's got, you know, you, you can't imagine, like, every culture's different types of food. And I think that's a point that we should target. Because we know we're already strong at that, we should, you know, make it, you know, I don't know if you watched it's Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs found up in the sky. Yeah. They build this, this little time machine where they get all the foods. That, that, that land only had sardines and everyone hated it and it was really yeah, gloomy. Yeah. And then he built a, a machine that made all the foods fall, fall from the sky and it became the best like, people town. people all over people the world came were coming to try the over food. to try. And that's, that's the potential that it has really because I know like we have the best food. I can say that I've lived here my whole life. I've yeah. never got bored. One day I've never thought, you know what, we've run out of food. So I think if we if we target that, uh, I think there'll be a lot more food places. Do you know, like, uh, I'm yeah. sorry for interrupting no, no, you, right. but you know, like, when you go out of Bradford, right, and you think, oh, let me just grab a burger, and you bite into it, and you just think, what on earth? That is not a burger. Yeah. <laughs> I think, what have I just bit into? Yeah, yeah. You know, and you, and I don't even get me started on curries out of Bradford, because <laughs> out of Bradford, if I'm going, I'd rather take a pack lunch with me than get food. You just don't. Like, you just think to yourself, what are they doing? Yeah. Move over, let me make it instead. I'll show you how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? No, yeah, no, Bradford does things target. right, and one of it is definitely it's just food. Yeah. You can't mess about with the food. And like you're saying, I feel like if they, with social media, again, TikTok, the way that it blows up overnight. I remember, mm. so it was Ramadan recently, right? And what the restaurants in Bradford were doing, you'll remember, is, is they were staying up all night. So people that were praying at night were going. So every night when I'd get to like Fajr time, the early morning prayer, I'd go through my social media. Everybody's posting that they're at these restaurants <laughs> at like four in the morning. Yeah. And they were doing like special, you know, because it's Ramadan. Yeah. Everybody's had a long day. They were making it that bit more special for their yeah. customers, which is so sweet when That's you think about to it. Celebrate, right? Exactly. Yeah. Definitely, exactly, that definitely, definitely is. And you know, like I've recently heard with King Charles's coronation, um, a couple of businesses in Bradford are doing special like meals and they like design it, really getting out there to celebrate his coronation. You know, and that's quite heartwarming because you've got like these Asian places, right? And like they would sell all they sell is curries, but they're really putting it out there, like you know, <laughs> we're really happy King Charles is getting in. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> it is it's really yeah. coronation cute. chicken curry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's it's quite you know. I feel like, ideally, in about, what, 10 years, I do pray that Bradford will be much stronger, the education will improve, safer, cleaner. But realistically, if I'm honest, because of the amount of corruption that's about, I do think it, it will progress, but very slowly. I don't yeah. think 10 years is enough of time. Because if I went back 10 years, um, Bradford was much nicer. I, think, I feel like we're at that kind of like, you know, like a seesaw. 
you just at that point where if you get it, you things will improve. Mm. But if you don't get it in the nick of time, you know, I feel like Bradford's going to continue. Well, I think it all comes down to that funding, really. 2025, <laughs> if that brings an influx from, of funding into Bradford, then that change can start straight away. Yeah. I mean, it just it's just down to that funding, isn't it? It's funding we as well. Funding. But I feel like when people have a reason to do something, yeah, you can amass volunteers from left, right and centre. You yeah. know, like I work here at this office. It's a beautiful office, right? Students are more than welcome to come whenever they want. And I had a student come up to us and uh, he was really passionate and he said, look, I've, I've just come out of recovery and I've had an awful experience. I've seen, I've lived on the streets and I want to change and I don't want a penny back. I just want to make change. And there are lovely people like that. You know, there's students that have suffered with their mental health and they'll pop by and they'll say, look, I don't want a penny. I've got this newfound confidence. I've got this energy and I want to use it to improve. Yeah. And there, there are thousands of people that feel that way. We just need to give them that opportunity. Yeah. They need the platform. Yeah. And they're the people who, you know, can make that real change. They're Definitely. the people that you really need to speak to. Yeah. Definitely. So if we delivered this idealistic vision of Bradford 2030, how is that making a difference to the young people of Bradford today? Okay, I should take this one first. <laughs> so are you saying if we put all those things in place, yeah. how is it going to improve us guys? Yeah. I feel like because we're on the like eve of becoming actual adults, because right now we're young adults, we just got a toe in the water, it's about to get intense. <laughs> if things are amended now, it will give us a source of comfort for what's to come. Now, personally me, I do plan, inshallah, on having children eventually, and that'll create a safe environment for me, knowing that when I do have children, it's a safer environment. And even for someone that doesn't want to have children, they themselves will know, right, there are changes in place. It gives you that, improves quality of life. It's, not, it's not just That's for future generations. Yeah. It's quality of life for yourself. It enhances your ability to walk into work and really put your all in it because you know, right, I'm happier now, I'm, I feel safer. Yeah. And generally... Employers are happy, employees are happy, everybody's winning, mm. everybody's yeah. having a good time. You've got a more productive workforce. Exactly, <laughs> and that's what you want. You want your staff to feel like heard, you want them to feel comfortable, you want them, even, okay, right, even if you're having a tough day at work, when you know that you're going to go home and everything's hunky-dory and everything says unifor- <laughs> unicorns and glitter <laughs> and rainbows, you don't care if something goes wrong, you're like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> but when you've had an awful day at work and then you go home and there's police sirens and there's like awful noises, you just think to yourself, why, yeah. why, am, why am I here yeah. every day? And that's why people, their mental health is declining because you speak to an average person. So I know somebody that works for the NHS and you speak to them and they're like, oh, it's just been chock-a-block. I don't, I don't even have time to go to the toilet. And when it comes to lunch, I just think, no, I'd rather not eat because then I'll need the toilet. And then they come home and they just want to just sleep. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. And that's the NHS. We all know the NHS is overworked. Now, imagine doing all that, running around, and then coming home and not feeling satisfied, not feeling, you know, at home, Yeah. you know? Absolutely. So, definitely, I think if we make the change now, because we're going to start our careers... You know, yeah, and I'll, like, I'll, I'd just like to add to that quickly. I feel as though I'm missing out on taking a gap year. If I graduated 10 years ago, I'd have taken a nice gap year for myself. But because of how things are now... The pace, just the pace of life. I just, I just, I can't afford to take a gap year. Yeah. I genuinely can't. I need to start working. And that's yeah. quite sad because I feel like if 
five years ago even, yeah. it would have been okay for me to just take six months to myself. Yeah. But you just can't. And that yeah. is sad. I think but when you go straight through education, yeah. straight into work, and then not having the opportunity for yourself. Mm. Exactly. Oh, so I do think if the changes are made now, we can save a lot of people from suffering. And the sad thing is, is when they suffer, they aren't going to come recover out and ask recover. for help. They yeah. won't recover. Definitely. I think it's really interesting that you say that work-life balance piece, because I think you're absolutely right that we... My generation, and I'm another 20 years on from this, so I'm <laughs> 50s, um, that work-life balance is, is not there. It's that sense of, OK, you've got to be in work, you've got to get the house, you've got to get mm. the job, you've got to do the family. Yeah. Your attitude is so refreshing to hear you say it's really important to get that work-life balance in place so that I can be there for my family. There, you, know, you, all, you can bring all of yourself to everything that you do. You two have been absolute inspiration to listen to you talk Thank to you and just think if this is the future of Bradford <laughs> happy days <laughs> safe hands very safe um, hands yeah. I'm glad to hear that honestly that's refreshing um, yeah no I was going to bounce off your little part of the answer where I was going to say well you targeted kind of like the, the younger adults and definitely that's, that's a, and you gave an excellent excellent explanation to how it could improve their way of life I think if you target even the younger uh Elder children, you could say, like, maybe 13, 14, 15, just maybe secondary school. I think that's an age where that secondary school, people don't, people in Bradford, because of their mindsets and because of their surroundings and because of the way the generation is and there's lots of other factors, they've taken a very soft approach to school and education and they're not, like, as passionate about getting somewhere. And I think that's to mm. loads of different factors and influences, but... I think that's where you need to target someone and be like, you know what, this is where, you know, like, there'll be people, for example, that are more challenged, that are more that are struggling mm -hmm. in school, maybe because of just situation at home or their surroundings. There'll be children who are troublesome children. And I think the way we approach it right now is in school giving, you've got a detention. If you're in trouble, or, and throughout year seven, year eight, year nine, and they get thrown out of school. They feel like, you know what, I've got no hope anyway. I've been thrown mm. out of school, I might as well chill. And then the friends are telling them, do you know what, you're mm. doing a good thing by getting out of school, you know what I mean? You're chilling, yeah. you, you know, you might as well start doing something illegal that like you can make a bit of money on the side. And then they're kind of drawn to that environment. But I feel like at that age when you nurture them, because I've heard so many stories of people who started off as, you know, people that were like, you know what, I don't care about school. You know, I, mm. I've got other things and I've got other motives and, you know, you know, I've got a life outside of school and, you know, that's better and I, pr I prefer that life. <laughs> and in that life, it's literally illegal activity. Yeah. So it's like yeah. they don't understand and they have not got that nurturing. And that's why, again, it comes to the youth centres and the, the nurturing children at that age the right way. So you can say to them, you know what, you have got hope and there's hope just as much as it is for anybody else in any other part of the country. You just have to have the right people surrounding you at that point. I think people, we lack that these days. You know, well. I was just yeah. going to add to that. With the lack of hope, there's also the sense of fear. A lot of youngsters nowadays, like, they are scared. They're yeah. scared because they don't know what's around the corner, mm. if the person that's sat next to him in class, if he's carrying something that he shouldn't yeah. be, if she's carrying something that she shouldn't be. You know, there's that concept. And another concept when it comes to this generation and how things are is, is you could sit there and tell this child right go to school go to university get yourself a nice job you know you, you're free from all this dodgy stuff but then he's sat at home or she's sat at home and then there's a guy that's zooming past in the Lamborghini that he's bought or he's yeah. dressed head to toe in designer 
And you're telling this kid to sit in school yeah. when he's seeing that. Oh, this so is true. why I feel like education, it, 100%, if you can sit there and get through to a child, children are very smart, very smart. You could, honest to God, the things that children understand, we actually underestimate how intelligent children are. They are so clever. And, you know, they will see that there are people that are doing wrong things but seem happier. Yeah. And how do you explain that to a child? I feel like teachers and generally education bodies need to train up and be aware of how to explain to children that just because it seems like a good thing doesn't mean it is. Yeah. 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 Because when I was in school, I don't know, did you You might have as well, we got taught about um, sweeties. It might look like a sweetie and someone might give it to you, but it's not a sweetie and it'll make you feel woozy. I remember that lesson. Yeah, yeah, I came yeah. home, I was like, Mum, I'm not eating sweets no more. <laughs> I got told that sweeties are like dodgy or something that they'll make you go woozy. But we got taught about that. And I'll be honest with you, in my whole 21 years, I've never been offered a drug and I've never been offered anything. And I've been blessed enough to, I know there will be people that will be. Mm. But, I mean, that, that lesson is important. But, you know, the other stuff is very significant and I feel like that's been neglected. Yeah. You guys have been absolutely fantastic, oh, honestly. Thank you very much. And I think just to try and end on something positive, positive, can you give me three things that you want to see happen in the next ten years? Um, right. I'll do one, then you do one. I'll come back with one, then you come back. Because okay. <laughs> I, I can't think of three in the stop uh, on the spot. But the first would have to be um, in the next ten years. I'd love to see. Because I've targeted youth clubs in this podcast a lot, and I've said it, I've mentioned it a lot, and I'd love to see a lot more youth clubs are, that are like funded and well funded, mm. where you've got literally like maybe a small gym with you know gym equipment there mm. for ch- challenge students, or maybe a little like a few um, tutors that are tutoring children in that same youth club, and then you've got activities for leisure like snooker tables and boxing. Uh, a lot of people in Bradford like boxing. Yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's this hype. Oh, they can, you know, like in parks, I know our local park, Moor yeah. Park, yeah. they've got like gym equipment and you yeah. see people using it and you honestly, it's so refreshing when you see elderly people quickly going <laughs> and getting on the bike and yeah. then carrying on with um, their walk. It is that, that kind definitely. of thing. They could even stick a bunching bag there if they really wanted to, yeah. do you know yeah. what I mean? So and whether that it's would park really help. or indoors in youth clubs yeah. or whatever it is. It should be but there. There should be that. Them, that equipment there for children or adults to know that you know what there's you know there's something there where you can go a lot of people I know go for walks to yeah. like ease their stress and tension 100%. and all these sort of things lead towards a better way of life a better mm-hmm. quality of life mm-hmm. less mental health issues and all in all there might be small little things but if there's more funding I know our local park for example Bradford Park there's not that, there's not that fund. they've said it for a long time we're going to put this there we're going to put that there but they just haven't and I feel like but like, just yeah. to add on to that, just the bikes, putting them in place. If you think about costs, you yeah. just have to get that chunk of metal and put it there. Yeah. Right? It's not electronic. It's not like you have to rewire it. It's not like you have to put batteries in it. It's a chunk of metal with a few bolts. And if they get a bit loose, you just stick something on it and <laughs> they're fine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So if it's about costs, right, I'm pretty sure there will be people who will be willing to contribute towards contribute it. Because it well. yeah. once it's there, it's there. But and the funding, we want the funding. Though. Oh yeah, we, do, we definitely <laughs> do. But um, I was just going to add on another thing that I really hope, and I know you'll you'll agree with this, is, is Bradford's beautiful. Like when you actually walk through the city centre, you look at the stonework. Yeah. It's gorgeous. I don't know if you've been to Waterstones next to Broadway, but just walking through there, it feels like you're like in Diagon yeah, Alley or something. Yeah, do you yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. it's really pretty. Yeah. But I do think 
Bradford needs to be looked after a bit more. She's beautiful. You just need to give her a nice little wash. And do, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> no. I I think she's a she. She's beautiful. She, she speaks to me. But um, Bradford is gorgeous, and I feel like, as you were saying earlier, infrastructure is so important that when you're living somewhere, it looks nice. Yeah. You know, you yeah. ever have a really hard week and you get home and you clean your room, you nip out and you walk back in the room like, oh, it feels like a different place. <laughs> it feels yeah. so nice. Yeah, and that's the importance of cleanliness. Exactly. Cleanliness. So yeah. the city, I hope, like, and any messages is that I hope it improves as in aesthetically. <laughs> it's somewhere nice to look at. Yeah. Uh, when they made um, the city park new, you've only got like three posts on your Instagram where it's just like aesthetic <laughs> post, but there's not a lot of posts <laughs> because there's not a lot of aesthetic places, and I feel like the more the more aesthetic places there are, people will be inclined to come. You know, tourist attractions are there because it, the scenery is beautiful. So many yeah. elders come from outside to different places in the UK uh, because of the scenery and, you know... You know what else? The preservation of the stonework in Bradford. You know, like Little Germany, you'll find like 50-50 buildings where they're quite modern, but then they've also preserved a lot. If the money went into preserving the stonework, Manningham, for example, yeah, there is yeah. some beautiful stonework there. Yeah. And it's like, you know, with like Yorkshire stone, there's plenty of Yorkshire stone in Bradford and it's very expensive, you know, and you go towards it because I say all the time I hate red brick. I hate it. I just, if I go to Leeds, if I go to Birmingham, if I go to any, and I see Red Brick, I'm like, oh, I need to go back home. <laughs> Yorkshire Stone is just so nice and friendly and it's yeah. just cosy to live in. Yeah. And that's what I like about Bradford. Mm. It's, that's what Bradford is, cosy, it's Definitely. nice. Definitely. You feel welcome. You can say hello to a stranger when you're walking by. Yeah, yeah okay, there's a lot to work on. <laughs> but in Bradford, I can go for a walk, whether I say salam to somebody or whether I say you're right, doesn't matter what age you yeah. are, yeah. you can say you that. Can you know, and you'll yeah. get a response back. Yeah, you go yeah. somewhere like London and they'll give you a funny look. Yeah. Like, who you speaking to? <laughs> just come back from a 10-hour shift, I'm busy. I've got a plan for you. But that's, uh, that's the beauty of Bradford, yeah. But yeah, no, definitely. I think there's two areas in Bradford in particular. I think one I was going to mention is Manningham. And that's, I mentioned that because one of my friends obviously is standing for election there. But he said, he said there was a time where people used to come from London in their old Royces to, to, to Manningham because it was the place to be. And this is talking about at least 100 years ago, but mm. it was... It was like it had everything there. Mm. It had a few churches, a few libraries, a few uh, mosques, and it had a few parks. It's still got Manningham Park there. And the big building, I can't remember what it's called, in the park. Uh, it's um, I can't remember what it's called. you got me thinking now. Is it Lister Hill? Lister? Somewhere like that. Somewhere anyway, it had everything. And people used to come from really far out just to visit that area of Bradford. And it's not that that's not there anymore. People are going to elsewhere. People are going to Leeds and people are going to Manchester and London because they've got the funding and, unfortunately, they can have all of them you know facilities that we are not able to you know afford to have and uh, yeah and then I wouldn't mention quickly Bradford Moor that's another area I think <laughs> that's my that's the reason I mentioned it's my area Bradford Moor is an area that it is quite neglected and if it was and Undercliff Undercliff yeah, yeah. and if it was given that attention if they were given that attention then honestly it'd make a massive difference definitely yeah. great definitely well, I think we are running out of time, so we didn't oh. quite get our top three, but we've um, we've got plenty, <laughs> plenty, absolutely plenty to go on. You've been absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Thank so thank you. thank you, thank you both for sharing uh, your vision. Aman Shazad on Instagram and TikTok if you want to add. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, thank you for having us. Thank you for letting Thanks, us feel guys. heard. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Bye. Oh, my ears feel funny now. <laughs>